episode 186 of the Parkrun Adventurers podcast. All I can think of is 86, Agent 86, Mel Urbacker. Does that mean we have a license to kill? Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. We should have a different theme song this week. I wonder if um, the lawyers will come after us if we try to get smart with our music. <laughs> get smart. I see what you did there, Mel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm a big fan of it. Oh, I was just about to say Inspector Gadget, but no, get smart, obviously. <laughs> Good old Max. Good old Max, exactly. He had all the gadgets. He had all the smarts. Lyndall, people might have recognised your voice, but I don't think you said who you were. Everybody, we have got the effervescent Lyndall Murray joining us this week as co-host on the Parkrun Adventures podcast. Welcome, Lyndall. Thanks, Mel. It's great to be here. It's awesome to have you back, as always. Um, a little bit less of a pirate this week. Oh, yeah. I'm noticing a voice change. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was a possibly a one-time only, the uh, Lyndall pirate. <laughs> Well, it was much enjoyed by many. I can tell you that much. We had a lot of very positive feedback about Lyndall the Pirate. <laughs> Lots of lols, I think, were had by listeners in random places when your report started. So thank you for doing that. We we love that you are willing to go above and beyond with your roving reports. Oh, look, it was pretty fun, I have to say. I mean, we were dressed as pirates out there, my friend and I, and uh, because we were both joining the pirate club out at Cormorant Bay. So, you know, why not talk like a pirate? I always forget about talk like a pirate day until it's happened. So, you know, what better excuse than um, joining the pirate club to get out my R's? Exactly. I mean, I, I don't think anyone ever needs an excuse. Did you know you can actually change... Well, it's it's on Facebook, but you can change the language to pirate. Yes, I do. <laughs> and I did that for a little while. It was pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> the the wonders of modern technology. Exactly. Now, you weren't becoming a pirate just last week because that's not where the, that was a few weeks ago. Your roving report from Cormorant Bay, the poor team out there, they've suffered a bit of a devastating blow with the recent bushfires and their course has been damaged and has been deemed dangerous, too dangerous to uh, run on in its current state. So unfortunately their event is cancelled now uh, at least until January. So Cormorant Bay team, our hearts go out to you and we hope that everything comes back more vivid and vibrant and beautiful than ever after well, hopefully some rain. Everybody needs some rain. We really need some rain. Um, look, even at uh, my home park run at Bunyaville, there's usually a really lovely creek crossing there and it's just dirt and dust at the moment. So um, I know that's a first world problem when you're talking about the impact that the lack of rain has had. But I guess for city folk, sometimes that's the only evidence that we really see that we are in drought, you know, that some of our local surroundings have changed. But it's just a reminder to all of us that people are really doing it tough um, in these drought conditions um, with not only the bushfires but also our farmers not being able to um, get on with the business of, of running their, their farms and their, and their businesses, I guess, yeah. 
It's just devastating. And, you know, it's so important that Parkrun is continuing in these areas to help people to be that beacon, that that consistency every week is a place, you know, where they can all get together and be a community and support each other. Very important. I think absolutely, you know, I really felt it. Um, you know, my recent trip out to Nanango to Ros Gregor Trail Park Run, you know, I, it, it was really apparent out there at that time that a lot of the people in the community were really feeling the strain of the drought and the strain of, you know, the bushfires that had been in the local area. So, um, yeah, definitely Park Run definitely gives that consistency and that community and that feeling of togetherness that is probably even more important in times of hardship than it is just in regular life. So totally agree. We, we got really serious. We were, we, were, we were really lighthearted and we got really serious really quickly. So let's spin it back. Let's. Let's, let's go back to being a little bit crazy. And, um, well, I, I didn't do anything particularly adventurous or interesting on the weekend. So let's skip over me and head straight to you, Lyndall. Where did you park run on the weekend? Did you do anything fun? Well, I wore a milestone tutu at my uh, home park run of Bunyaville. Um, I didn't do a run though. I finally ticked off my um, volunteering milestone of 25 volunteers. Um, and Bunyaville, the tradition we have there is that when you run a milestone, you wear a tutu and everybody wears tutus, whether you're a man or woman or grown up or a child, everybody just takes it for granted that if whoever's wearing a tutu is doing a milestone. So um, I time kept in a tutu this weekend at Bunyaville. Um, it was extra special as well because it was our birthday there as well, sixth birthday. So, um, and a really good turnout of, I think it was 158 across the line, which is a really big turnout for Bunyaville. So, um, look, no no adventuring, I guess, to speak of, but it was a really special day to to tick off that milestone with my um, Parkrun family at Bunyaville. Is, is it a BYO tutu situation or does Bunyaville just randomly have a supply of tutus they bring every week just in case somebody's running a milestone. Bunyaville has a supply of tutus that they bring every week um, for any milestone runners. So it's so totally part of what we do at Bunyaville. So ingrained, ingrained in your community. <laughs> ingrained in the community there and it's just really lovely. <laughs> good to know, good to know. So, yeah, so if you're a uh, closet tutu wearer and would, would like to wear one um, but you're just too, too, you know, a bit too shy, Bunyaville's a good place to do a park run uh, milestone because they'll give you a tutu before you know it. Awesome. That's my style of park run. Um, one of our run directors um, is very persistent with his theory that we are the friendliest park run. Um, look, I would say that's probably we're right up there it is a very friendly park run um I'm, I'm wondering whether he's you know throwing that into the mix because we seem to be losing our grasp on the toughest park run with um nambour and ocean view and um the new one over in western australia monday regional yeah there's a few toughies out there now i don't know whether bunyaville hopefully we still uh make it into the top five of toughest toughest park run so you've got one rd who says you're the friendliest there's the sort of reputation that precedes that, that you're one of the toughest. Do you feel like park runs in general 
need a tagline or, you know, a descriptor almost just so people can go, oh, yeah, I've heard of that one. It's supposed to be a da, da, da. Look, not really. I mean, parkrun's parkrun. Parkrun is a – parkrun attracts people anyway, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> um, you know, I guess there's some marquee events that, that people want to do for different reasons. Um, you know, toughest, most picturesque, you know, people like cooler park runs in summer and all those kinds of things. But I think most park runners would agree that park run is just a pretty great thing all round and they're always going to park run on a Saturday and, you know. The lists are really kind of subjective too though, aren't they? Because what, what one person might deem to be tough, another person, you know, that might be their favourite thing to do ever. Yeah. <laughs> and therefore, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's really true. And you know, I mean, I guess the evidence of that is on this podcast, you often ask people what their top three is and there's never been the same top three, has there? No, I don't think we've ever had an exact yeah. same top three. So it is very subjective. In almost 200 episodes. Yeah, it is very subjective and people people are attracted to different things and, you know, we're talking to a bunch of people right now that are really attracted to parkrun. So, you know, do you need a point of difference or do you need a do you need to be the toughest or friendliest or no just just be yourself yeah and we're we're ourselves and we're here for the weirdos <laughs> just like parkrun is parkrun's for everyone Good morning Parkrun Adventurers, it's Melissa here and I'm coming to you from Gungahlin Parkrun in the ACT. Now I wasn't going to do a roving report this week, I was going to have the week off because I know that both Mark and Tok have filed roving reports from Gungahlin but at the briefing, what did I spy? The ugly Christmas singlet. And also last year's version was on show as well and I'm wearing mine proudly as well today so I finished my run and I'm coming back out on course see if I can track down those other ugly singlets and chat to our pod listeners. Alright so I've tracked down last year's model version of the ugly singlet and what was your name? Nicole. Hi Nicole so you're obviously a listener to the podcast. I certainly am. Very good and you um have you ordered the new version? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's here it's today. I think someone's collected them all and I've just got to go find it. That's great. It's a good way to um, recognise each oh, other. Um, it is the best. And are you a bit of a tourist? I try and get down. I'm a Melbourneian, so I try and get down and do um, some in Melbourne. I've done a couple in Sydney. Um, mostly do here in Gungahlin, though. Um, where where the park, my park run friends and family are. Yeah. You got your dog with you today? Yeah, reason. She's a big park runner. She must be, I think, doing her hundredth either this week or next. Um, so it's her favourite day of the week. Oh, great! All right. Well, thank you for chatting to me. No worries. Enjoy the rest of your walk. Yeah, you too. Thanks. Okay, so now I've tracked down the other ugly singlet that was at Gungalan this morning, and welcome to the podcast, Haley. Hi. And um, I know that you've said you haven't listened to the podcast before, but you'll have to now. 
Yep. You're part of the crew. I am. So a group of you from Gungarland all put it, uh, all went together and got singlets? Yes, so the Gungarland runners, we got into the ugly Christmas shirt because <laughs> Christmas spirit, anything to... Uh, yeah, make park run or running more exciting. That's fun. good. Yeah. It's really good. Um, they stand out. And I know out on course today, I got lots of compliments. Yes. Did you yeah, as well? I did. Yeah, yeah. Even on the way here, lots of strangers gave me a thumbs up for it. So Yeah, that's good. <laughs> and I think it puts a smile on people's face when yeah. they see the oh, little cute koala in the Santa hat. Um, so have you done different park runs? Are you an adventurer at all? Uh, yes, I have done different park runs. Yeah. In whereabouts have you been? Um, some in Sydney. Most re- recently, I did Marimbula last week, Batemans Bay, all around the shop. Yeah. So, what's one of your favourites that you've travelled to? You got a, you got something you like? Like, do you like courses around water? And... Well, I actually love the Gungalan course here. It's probably my favourite. I love that it's it's around the water, that it's one loop. Um, yeah, it's just beautiful any time of the year. I love that one. It is very nice. Yeah, and we had a warm morning this morning. It was a bit of a shock for me. I'm from Melbourne, so <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, great. Well, I guess next week you will have even more ugly singlets hanging around. I heard that I hope um, so. that uh, a, a delivery has has arrived. Yes. So Christmas has come early. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, enjoy your park run, and thank you for talking to me today. Great. Thank you. G'day everyone, I'm here with someone very special who's done something pretty cool today. What's your name and what the heck are you doing today? Hey Cameron, my name's Craig Lawrence. Uh, today is uh, the last in my journey to do every park run in WA this year, so every, pretty cool. Every park run, really? Well, I can't I can't include Wandu Prison. So what's, uh, which park run has been the, uh, the, the one you've had the most fun at, hint, hint? Uh, well, <laughs> certainly Tamworth's been fun. There's a lot of people in uh, here that have been great, made it really enjoyable. But uh, Margaret River was probably one of my favourite runs, closely followed by Tamworth and Mundy. Mundy last week, that was a killer. <laughs> I, I hear Mundy's got some hill. <laughs> oh, mate, very, very hilly. It was a brutal course, so, but great fun, something very different. Oh, fantastic. That's a great achievement. And uh, I'll see you around at Rockingham. No worries. Thanks, Cameron. Cheers. See ya. A couple of roving report lights there, as I like to call them, uh, from Melissa Ellis, who was at Gungarland, and Cameron Drake, who was at, actually, I'm not sure where Cameron was. Do we assume that he was at home? Yeah, I think I think it sounded like it could have been Tamworth Wetlands. Pretty sure. Cam, now, I'm no roving reporter, but I have heard a few roving reports in my time over the last four years, and... I know you're new and I don't want to be harsh, but maybe just let us know where you're roving from. (laughs) (laughs) But, look, we don't want to be too hard on you, Cam. We're loving your work um, and, look, exceptional work finding a Western Australian statesman. It can't be easy. They must be a rare beast, Western Australian statesmen, because Western Australia is a pretty big state. I don't know how you get from Kununurra to Mount Clarence very easily. No, it's bigger than a lot of continents. Well, no, not continents. It's bigger than a lot of countries. <laughs> I shouldn't say you continents. Could probably, you could probably fit a good 10 or 15 of the smaller countries into uh, Western Australia, surely. A lot of Europe would go in there, definitely, a lot of Europe. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, and WA currently has 38 events, so that's almost almost a year of adventuring, which is not shabby, and that's if you don't repeat an event all year. And as you say, Lyndall, geographically, it is quite an undertaking. So congratulations to Craig for joining the uh, list of statesmen in WA. I don't know. Somebody keeps lists of these things somewhere. 
So, so yeah, well done to Craig and well done to Cameron. Um, you are doing a great job and great work tracking down Craig. Plus, you know, we've got to be a little bit cheeky. You are the newbie. You're going to get a bit of stick for a while, Cam. Just get used to it, okay? Yeah, and we're just probably getting brownie points for Melissa here who, as she said last week, is pretty upset that you got in straight away. <laughs> Speaking of Melissa, how excited was she that she happened upon some ugly Christmas singlets at Gungarlan on the weekend? Pretty happy, but I mean, I would be too. It definitely sparks joy every time I see them. It doesn't matter if it's online or in person, in the wild, at a park run, or hearing tales of them going to a salon midweek. You know what's a term that I love, and it, it sort of conveys the level of excitement I get beside myself. And do you reckon that means like you are beyond excited to the point that you have left your own body and you can sit there and look back at yourself and see the big grin and the agitation and just the charge? (laughs) That description brings a smile to my face, Mel. (laughs) It really does. Because of the crazy? Just It just is a really... Really lovely depiction of what being beside yourself is. Okay, well, thanks. I'll take that. Uh, Yes, so when I see the ugly Christmas singlets out there, whether or not it's the new ones which have just started to go out, make their way in the world, (laughs) or if it's last year's classic vintage limited edition, which I know are a hot item. If you had one, well, I know you've got one, Lyndall, but if you were willing to sell it, I reckon you could get some good coin on eBay. Hmm. Well, I am pretty attached to my uh, retro edition Christmas singlet. I don't know whether it's up for sale. (laughs) Uh, Look, I wouldn't recommend it either because definitely a collector's item and if you are fence-sitting you're you're wondering about whether or not you should get one of this year's limited edition ugly Christmas singlets I know we said it would be a one-time only offer and it turned into a second time only offer which we'll talk about in a little while but get off the fence buy the singlet you won't regret it FOMO is real so you need What's the opposite of FOMO? It's um, embracing life and taking every opportunity. It's the joggy. It's the joy of getting in instead of the fear of missing out. <laughs> it's the joggy. I have never heard of that before. I've never heard of the joggy. That's because <laughs> I just made the joggy up right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if you've heard of JOMO, which is the joy of missing out, and that's something that people like myself who – you may or may not believe this. I'm actually quite the introvert. So the joy of missing out is a real thing as well because, you know, some things you just don't want to take part in and you are very satisfied that you're not taking part in that. However, you want the joggy in this situation. You definitely want the joggy. You definitely want. What is there not to like about the ugly Christmas singlet? They are splendiferous in their uglitude. They really, <laughs> really are. And I do promise that next year's is going to get uglier. Well, I don't know how you're going to do that, Mel, because this year's is perfectly horrible as it is. Oh, thank you, Lyndall. That's <laughs> that's a lovely compliment. <laughs> I guess the good news for anyone that thinks they are, you know, potentially a, a FOMO, orders have reopened. 
they are ready to go. You can order them right now um, up until Wednesday midnight. Is that right, Mel? Midnight Wednesday, the 11th of December. If if all goes according to my plans, as she says as she rubs her hands together, this podcast will be out to give people who listen to it immediately a couple of hours to be able to still order. So we have been promoting it on the Facebook page or we, we posted about it and I should probably do that on Instagram and Twitter too just to make sure that we don't miss anyone. Without a doubt. I mean, I know last year there were lots of people that – saw the singlets out and about and it was too late to order um, and people, you know, seemed genuinely disappointed that they, they were no longer available. So I think getting it out there by as many avenues as possible is is really just a PSA, to be honest. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they are so hot right now. It is, it is the in thing this festive season and if you haven't got one, then... Get one now. <laughs> And if you're listening to this pod after the second round of orders have closed, I can guarantee you they will be the last round for these. And I'm sorry that you missed out. However, we will be doing something just especially for you guys. If you still want to participate in the inaugural International Ugly Christmas Singlet Day 2019, which will be held on the 21st of December this year, it's a parkrun day. If you want to participate, you haven't ordered a parkrun adventurer's ugly Christmas singlet. It's okay. You can make your own and I'm going to show you how. Look out for the Facebook post on that this coming week. We're in for a treat. Mel has a particular flair for DIY costumes and um, decorations. So, look, if anyone can make a DIY ugly Christmas singlet and if anyone can teach others how to do it, it is definitely Mel Urbacker. It's going to be a Melster class. A Melster class. I love it. That's great. Because <laughs> I am the master of nothing, but I am a Melster. And um, yes, <laughs> it'll be my first Melster class. Ugly Christmas singlet. Our first of many, I'm sure. Well, we'll see how this one goes, Lyndall. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to make any promises. I might 100% crash and burn. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. It'll be fun anyway. It sure will. I can't wait to see that. Maybe I should make one just, you know. I mean, I've already ordered my ugly Christmas singlet, but maybe I should DIY as well. You can never have too many ugly Christmas singlets. You've got one from last year. You could have a costume change every 1.75 kilometres at Parkrun. <laughs> I could have the trifecta of ugly Parkrun singlets. You could. I mean, the whole festive season, there's a New Year's Day double. It's still perfectly legitimate to wear an ugly Christmas singlet on New Year's Day. Oh, without a doubt. You can wear one Christmas Day. There's just the opportunities are endless. Having said that, I haven't dug mine out yet. I... I've, I've, I've I shouldn't say that. I've dug out last year's ugly Christmas singlet, but I haven't quite donned this year's just yet. Oh, I'm saving mine. I know there are people out there and I love that they've already started wearing them. Some people are wearing them for the whole month of December, <laughs> which I think is just brilliant. Others have been wearing them at other Christmas running club, you know, meetups and other running events and things like that, which is awesome. Uh, but, yeah, I'm saving mine for ugly Christmas singlet day. It's it's going to be a big special day for me, the first of the International Ugly Christmas Singlet Days. So it's, yeah, it's going to be a very special one. It's going to be a special one for everyone, Mel. We're all looking out for it. 
And speaking of special things, I think it's time that we talked about Palm 20 next year. We, we gave a bit of a teaser last week, Lindor. Did you hear the pod? Oh, of course. And I felt very overwhelmed because I, I received your invitation to co-host and then found out that we were announcing Palm 20 venue. I was just a bit concerned that whether I could handle the pressure of that. Well, it's it's another kind of a big deal thing, isn't it? It sure is. And because it's such a big deal, I'm going to let you announce where it's going to be. Okay, so long-time listeners of the podcast would know that it is going to be in South Australia. There's no um, secret there. We've spoken about it a couple of times and in your tease last week, Mel, I'm pretty sure you mentioned that as well. Um, so without further ado, um, the official announcement that Palm 20 will be at Mount Barker Park Run. Yay! Insert applause and roaring crowds sounds and noises here. If I was better at editing, I could possibly insert applause and clapping. Maybe I'll try to do that. Mm. Well, if you don't, the Park Run Adventurers are very creative and very imaginative, I'm sure. Yes, I'm, I'm sure you guys can all... Paint yourself an ear picture. Does that make sense? Mm. <laughs> I'm not sure that makes sense. Theatre of the mind. <laughs> Theatre of the mind. <laughs> Paint yourself an ear picture. You heard it. <laughs> you heard it here first on the Parkrun Adventurers. Um, so, will Mount Barker be a first time for you? Have you been there before, Mel? It, it will be my first official time park running at Mount Barker, providing I remember my barcode, which I have promised the event team that I will do. I've promised the event team that everybody will be on their best behaviour. So, Ooh. adventurers, I'm talking to you. If you're planning on coming, ah, look, it's it's a done deal. You guys are all awesome anyway. We know you'll behave. We know you get what park run's all about. We know you're the passionate ones. We can't wait to see you. It's oh, it's just going to be amazing. Another amazing weekend. And Mount Barker, of all the events in South Australia, of which there are many wonderful, incredible events that are on my bucket list and can't wait to do, but Mount Barker makes so much sense for Palm 20. Um, you know, we've got two roving reporters on the Channel 5 News crew whose home park run is Mount Barker. I can't think of a more apt place for us to congregate and share the parkrun joy next year. It sounds amazing. Um, PK and Greta will take good care of us, I'm sure, as will the rest of the event team there at Mount Barker. Um, it sounds fantastic. It, um, look, PK and Greta have both talked about it on the podcast before with a lot of um, fondness. So what a great choice um, and looking forward to it. Speaking of things that we spoke about last week, Tok and I were doing a little bit of a dive into our challenge progress and we thought perhaps maybe it would be a good idea if every week whoever was co-hosting brought a different aspect of the running challenges to the table. And you listened, Lyndall, so I'm assuming you've come prepared. What, what have you got to lay down? Look, for sure. Now, just as follow, you know, as you said, following on from last week and comparing parkrun latitudes, Mel, you and I aren't too far away because my parkrun latitude is about 50 k's north of Roma in Queensland's west. Um, and from memory, you were not far from, was it Miles or Charleville? Miles. Miles is where I am. 
I'm at the turnaround point, almost at the turnaround point at Miles. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You've got to get to the turnaround point. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, look, I think Roma and Miles aren't too far apart. So we are, you know, geographically not too far away in in parkrun terms. Oh, Um, there you go. Yeah. Um, But I guess to bring something new, I was looking at my clubs um, and look, something else that we've talked about a lot on the podcast is our goals for 2019. And one of my goals um, was to um, join the Pirate Club, which I did this year, um, not too long ago. But in looking at my challenge progress, I realised that it took me nearly two years from getting my sixth C to get my seventh C. So I don't know what I was waiting for, really. Um, but it seemed like that was a really, really long time to wait to make that final, to, well, to walk the plank, I guess, and end up being a pirate. When you did your sixth C, the Pirate Club was already in existence by then. So you would have been aware of it? Yeah, I was aware of it. Yeah, I knew all about it. Um when I did my sixth C, um, to get my seventh, I had to travel. So I would have had to either go to Coffs Harbour or to Cairns. And so I was plotting a trip to Cairns, but for different reasons, it just didn't happen. I, um, and then Cormorant Bay launched, and I thought, okay, well, that's closer to home. Maybe I'll go there one day. And again, it was sort of on the list, on the list, um, until one of my buddies, Tracy Wood, a friend of the podcast, also expressed interest in joining the Pirate Club, but she had a few more C's to get. So I waited for her and and we joined the Pirate Club together. I don't know when it was, maybe a month ago out at Cormorant Bay. It's always great to do these things with other people. We waited a little while for some family to catch up with their C's as well so that we could all join the Pirate Club together. Yeah, it's a really fun one. So, you know, why not do it with friends, dress up, um, talk like a pirate for a day? Would have been nice to do it on Talk Like a Pirate Day. I should have done that. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I bet there are people out there now that next year that's that's their goal. Or, you know, the, the park run that's closest to the date. You might be struggling otherwise if you really want to get it right bang on international talk like a pirate day yes (laughs) because it might be on like a tuesday or something exactly (laughs) okay so you so you've joined the pirate club you it took you a long time to get there i'm not sure i i've i mean it's at the moment it's taking me a long time to get my parkrun bingo and i just i just coming back to agent 86 and and get smart i missed it by that much Again, again. I, that's that's all I do is miss it by that much. <laughs> um, but what's you've okay? Goal attained, level unlocked. You are now a pirate. You're a swashbuckler. What does that mean? What have you got on the agenda for your next club? Well, the next club that I have that I that interestingly I again like the pirate club only need one more. Um, and it's been nearly two years since I did my last one in the club, um, the Staying Alive Club. Oh, I'm a big fan. Big, big Bee Gees fan. Yes. What's not to like, right? Um, I've got my three Gs. Um, I just need another B, and there's a B just up the road. When I say just up the road, maybe an hour, 
or a bit over away. So that's nothing in parkrun adventuring terms, let's be honest. Um, but I have this ambition, like the Pirate Club, where I wore my hat and I wore my, yeah, took my little dagger and, and ran around Cormorant Bay. I want to dress up when I do my Bee Gees um, club. That is a noble endeavour. Yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> avid followers of, of the Park One Adventurers or, you know, anyone that knows me knows that I have these, well, I was going to say fabulous gold tights. I don't know whether they're fabulous. <laughs> I, would, uh, I would definitely say they're fabulous. It's like somebody melted C-3PO and then spray painted him onto your legs. <laughs> That's how fabulous they yeah, are. Yeah, they're, pr- they're pretty shiny and they're pretty, uh, yeah, they're pretty much like C-3PO. Yeah, I, I like that, Mel. That's good. Anyway, I have this ambition to wear gold disco tights when I do my uh, Staying Alive Club. But something I've learnt from wearing these tights a couple of times to parkrun is that they are not for running in and they are not for the Queensland summer. Ah, winter tights. Winter tights. So I am going to need to wait a little while if I am to fulfil my ambition to join the Staying Alive Club in gold disco tights. See, now I'm I'm a little bit sad. I'm already in the club. But you know what? I think I might have to take this on board. And when you do join the club, I need to be there to officially welcome you into it as already a member being already a member, I need to welcome you in because I I don't need an excuse to get dressed in disco and <laughs> I will do it <laughs> at any possible opportunity. What a better, I mean, oh, mirror balls, all of it. It's, there's just, oh. Yeah, disco. big hair, <laughs> you know, sparkly, mirror balls. What else? Oh, glow mesh. The chunky shoes. Oh, Yes. I, w- I mean, I wouldn't recommend people run or participate in park running those necessarily. I, I have done a two-kilometre event in very high heel shoes and I do not recommend that. Mm. It's not for the faint healed. However, um, you know what I was thinking though, a little bit random but still on topic, Redcliffe needs to be some kind of honorary side event that should be part of the Stay in a live club because that was the home of the Bee Gees. You know, that's where they formed. That's where they started. If you go to the town centre, there is a, a, bronze, a bronze statue. statue of those guys in the main street. Yeah. So I think you're right. I reckon Redcliffe should be an honorary additional requirement. It's got to be some kind of bonus. Yeah. I don't What What could you call it? Oh, here's us, you know, making things up again that nobody else is going to. Um, Agree with or validate. Well, especially all the people who live in other parts of the world that, you know, probably don't have a hope of doing Redcliffe Park Run (laughs) in the UK. Or all the people in the Staying Alive Club in Europe and the UK. Sorry, guys. When you come to Australia, you're going to have to go do Redcliffe Park Run. I mean, it's a gorgeous park run. Oh, it's a great park run. You could do a lot worse than Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But um, definitely not doing Redcliffe in gold tights in any part of the year because it gets pretty warm at Redcliffe. No. Queensland, mm. it's really not a good state to live in if you own gold tights, Mm-mm. I'm thinking. <laughs> there must be, uh, and I don't know what the technology is that goes into fabrics and stuff like that, uh, that 
the extent of my knowledge about it is the ugly Christmas singlets are excellent technical tees for running in. And that was very important to me that they weren't going to be hot and sweaty and all that sort of thing. And we've improved on it even since last year, the fabric that gets used. But there must be some fabric out there that is both shiny and moisture wicking, surely. There must be, but you're not buying them for 10 bucks at uh, Spotlight. Probably not, no. <laughs> $10 Spotlight, that, that is a good find. Good find, indeed. <laughs> well, Lyndall, please, please do not forget to let me know when you are planning your final bee because I will have to dust off my disco shoes and disco ball and head out there to welcome you. I will do that, Mel. It is likely to be in your neck of the woods at Beringa or Brightwater. So, Well, that's very convenient. It's very convenient. I will take that as a um, challenge accepted. And um, I'll see you at my Staying Alive club entry. Absolutely. I mean, I'm sure I'll probably see you around before then. It's great. It's, you know, that time of year when – Everything's starting to wrap up and people are getting into the festive mood. We've only got a few more episodes for the end of the year and obviously our Christmas episode is going to be in there. There's going to be extra park runs between Christmas and New Year's and all that extra fun yes. stuff. Yes. It is an awesome time of year and starting to think about New Year's resolutions for 2020 and looking at running challenges a bit closer to see where some gaps are that might be achievable to fill in for the next year. What are you looking forward to most in the next four weeks, Lyndall? What I'm looking forward to in the next four weeks is definitely International Ugly Christmas Singlet Day 2019, the first ever of the um, International Ugly Christmas Singlet Days. It's going to be huge the world over. It's going to be massive, absolutely. This is the first one, but people are going to – hark back on this day in 20 years' time and think, wow, what it would have been like to have been at the first one, you know? <laughs> exactly. They'll have their 21 ugly Christmas singlets hung up somewhere in a pride of place in the pool room um, because they're, you know, treasured items, as we all know, <laughs> and just be looking back and, um, yeah, Remembering where they were on the on the inaugural day, um, I'll be at Bunyaville and I'll be celebrating my unofficial milestone of 150 park runs. So, ooh, that's nice. So yeah. many celebrations, bringing together all the fun toward the end of the yeah. year. Absolutely, why not cap off the year with um, a few parties and celebrations? And anyone who hasn't and is going to be participating at International Ugly Christmas Singlet Day this year, if you haven't joined the event on Facebook, please look for it. It is aptly named International Ugly Christmas Singlet Day 2019. So please check it out and say you're going and that's where we're going to be looking for a lot of the photos of the day etc. And yeah, it's going to be just a central point online to celebrate together, both pre and post the event. Yeah. And even during, if if you're that way inclined. That's right. It'll be really great to see um, how many park runs um, have uh, ugly Christmas singlet um, gracing it with their presence, you know. How many can we get? What do you reckon? The, oh, Lyndall, it's going to be massive. It's just, it's 
go yeah it's going to blow everything that happened last year out of the water because yeah the orders have been huge and the interest in the op- reopening of the orders has been massive and from all over the world so it truly is an international day of celebration speaking of celebrations lindell thank you for joining us on the pod again this week it's it's always a party to have you around i love being here with you mel i love talking parkrun and um, it's really great to be part of the podcast. So, Lyndall, this is the part where if this was an episode of Get Smart, we would go get in the elevator with all the doors and everything that closed and we would go back up. Yes, that's it. We would. That used to be my f- – well, I mean, actually, the starting sequence used to be my favourite thing to watch, just watching all the doors open and close and, and watching Maxwell go down. Yeah, me in too. In the phone booth elevator. Oh, yeah. How many times do you reckon they shot that so it made it look like – because obviously – he was just crouching down on his knees and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, the floor wasn't a real elevator. How many times do you reckon they shot that to make it look like legitimate? Well, they had to time all the doors and everything to just open at just the right time as well. So I don't know. I don't think it would have been an easy cut, but also knowing what film production was like back in the day, they probably did it in two takes. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I mean, nowadays they just CG everything. Exactly, exactly. But there's nothing CG about this podcast. We are all real, except for the editing part where we make ourselves sound better afterwards. Of course. <laughs> just so everybody knows how real we are, Lyndall, I think we should just end this with um, an um. Give me your best um. Um.